gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Friday, November 11th, 2019, episode number 35. Broadcasting from our cult studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. It's a Swedish cult studio. Swedish cult. <laughs> yeah. Erdiger, this is like our second Swedish movie that yeah, we've done. Yeah, we've done a... Yeah, Let the right one in and then... And, and like our third Scandinavian one. Yeah. Well, uh, well, or Norwegian, Lord, right? Yeah, Norwegian. So may, maybe... So in that whole area, we're just we're, we're yeah. giving some love to those movies, but they're great movies. Yeah, I thought it was just the Swedish chef, and he was always nice, you know. <laughs> but the only chickens had to be scared of him. But boy, this this was something else today. Did, it, did I see right for Halloween? Did you have a nice Halloween? By the yeah, way, yeah, it was it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Were you dressed up as Teen Wolf? I was the Teen Wolf. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was my costume this year in the basketball outfit. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> Beavers number forty-two. Uh, I passed out candy yesterday. We didn't have very many kids. Um, yeah. Karina and I are actually going to a Halloween party on tomorrow, actually, at oh, uh, cool. one of the local bars, and I'm going to dress up as Pennywise. Nice. <laughs> you have a pretty awesome, awesome Pennywise mask. I yeah, saw it. It, so. it was pretty sweet. Um, okay. And we, we've done a podcast earlier this week on Tuesday, so uh, what are we looking at for horror movie news? Uh, we, actually, we actually have a good amount of horror movie news uh, this week. Uh uh, on Friday here. Uh, an article in Forbes this week details how Hammer Films is making a comeback. Uh, they were a massive ho- uh, horror powerhouse in the 1960s, brought us uh, all those Christopher Lee Dracula movies, for instance, in the 50s and 60s. I've heard I've heard the phrase, and mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to derail you, but mm-hmm. what exactly quantifies a Hammer film? Well, Hammer is a production studio, so they're, they're oh. a bit like Blumhouse, you know? So okay. uh, Hammer Films, was uh, they produced a whole bunch of these, like, all of these Christopher Lee movies and the Dracula movies in the 1950s and 60s. And uh, they were kind of known for uh, B-horror movies back in the 50s and 60s and uh, some real classics, too. So uh, Gotcha. Okay. Now, I, I got that. Uh, and they actually they continue to produce horror films like they, they produce the whatever you think of it. They produce the American. We were just talking about it, remake of Let Let the Right One In. So Let Me In. They produce that that film. I remember seeing their name on that. Oh, I see. Okay. And they've, so they've they've continued to do things, but not. But recently they had some real success with uh, this movie, The Woman in Black, starring Daniel Radcliffe. I don't know if you've seen that or not. I've seen bits and pieces of pieces some good jump scares. I mean, not yeah. bad. Yeah. So they'll be lever- leveraging their catalog of over 300 films and just signed a deal with Studio Canal for global distribution. So we'll cool. be seeing a lot more Hammer films. Uh, Malignant is the title of the new James Wan horror film that stars Annabelle Wallace and George Young. Uh, codenamed Silver Cup for a while, that one I was talking about. Malignant. Uh, Malignant. Yes. It's rumored to be a Giallo film. Talk oh, about yeah, Giallo. So it will be called Malignant. Yeah, um, it, you want to see good giallo films, just go through the Shutter library of oh yeah. every Dario Argento film yeah. because it's Italian horror. Yeah, they've, pretty much. Be, before they were known for cannibal films, yeah. So, <laughs> That's uh, right. uh, they were known for giallo films. Grudge trailer recently released. Yep, we saw, I saw that on Tuesday, man. That that uh-huh. I told I in the podcast on Tuesday. I was pleasantly surprised by yeah, that. It, 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 it looked scary, actually. Uh, stars John Cho, Angela, or Andrea Riseborough, and Lin Shay, you know, from uh, a couple of, uh, what is it, Insidious? I think Insidious, yeah. yeah. And a couple of other horror films. Produced by Sam Raimi, so that's promising. Appears to be, the, the setting appears to be America now. Uh, looks like it involves a police officer played by Andrea Riseborough and a realtor played by Cho. Mm-hmm. Um, Glad I don't have any hair to wash after watching that. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, Frightening. <laughs> Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp was recently, uh, we recently reviewed. Yeah. Reportedly now involved with the new Terrifier 2 movie. Yes. She joins Tamara Glynn from Halloween 5 on the film. Director Damien Leone posted some pictures from the set to Instagram this week. Art the Clown will be back in early 2020, I believe. And uh, I supported the, Indigo, uh, the movie on Indiegogo, so I'm... Uh, Excited to see my name in the credits. Oh, you're going to be on the credits. <laughs> I'm in right. the credits. That's right. So, oh, I'm so exciting. stoked about this mm-hmm. now, Lisa. Yeah, Felisa Rose. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, should be exciting. So that's our uh, horror movie uh, news for this week. Ready for a piece of trivia? Yes. Florence Pugh, who is our protagonist, main character yes. of the film we're about to review, 
Also started in another 2019 critically acclaimed sleeper hit movie about a wrestling family. What is it called? Oh, she was in that, huh? I know. I I don't know what the t- title is. Produced is by Dwayne the Rock Johnson, "Fighting with My Family." Yeah, okay, yeah. I that is a that. movie that I've been really meaning good. to go watch, but I just never get around to it because right. it, it, everybody loves it. Yeah, I heard it looks really good too. So, uh, my horror movie trivia question is: Though not rare, this is a notable horror movie in that it also happens entirely in the daytime. I think we've talked about that. Another horror classic very similar to this one also deals with pagan cults and has many scenes that happen in daylight as well. It's a 1973 pagan cult movie. was remade very poorly in 2006. Wicker Man. It's The Wicker Man starring Christopher Lee and Edward Woodward, who is later in the Equalizer TV show. Oh, that's right. <laughs> in the most terrible movie you'll ever watch, the remake, what, 2006? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't Nicholas seen it. Cage. I just have not exposed myself to the two, 2006 one. I probably should just to... The bees! Yeah. The bees yeah. are in my eye! Classic uh, Nick Cage overacting, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to give a quick synopsis, and then we're going to do yeah. a couple of warnings here. So the quick yeah. synopsis, we are actually reviewing Midsummer from 2019 uh, from director Ari Aster. It's mm-hmm. his follow-up to his box office smash, Hereditary, from 2018. Audiences uh, didn't seem to like it so much. Critics gave it an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? So the synopsis is as follows. A couple traveled to Sweden to their friend's rural hometown for its fabled Midsummer Festival. But what begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Oh, it's bizarre. There you go. <laughs> and here's your warning. This is your spoiler warning. If you do not want to hear what we say about this movie because you haven't seen it and you want to go see it, pause the podcast, go watch this movie. Highly recommend you go watch this movie. Come back and listen to what we have to say. I also want to give a warning. If you're sensitive to some material, right. you may want to stop the podcast right now because some of the things we're going to talk about are pretty brutal <laughs> and and we have to, and yeah we we have to talk about them they're just intrinsic to this movie so. very very important to the plot of the movie and it's um man I, I we could talk about violence but there's other things that we will get into oh, yeah. and you if you're sensitive to some things i would just recommend probably not finishing this right let's just i think i said it before this has the strangest sex scene i have ever seen and I saw a Serbian film, so you did. If, uh, it, 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 yeah, that that's. I mean, that, there's your warning right now. That's uh, we just have to talk about it because it's uh, it's intrinsic to the movie. All right, so it, it really is. Um, yeah, this is Midsummer. I've been waiting to see this, and it did not it did not disappoint me. I'm surprised that not everybody liked this movie because I thought it was really great. And, and I guess Hereditary was kind of like that, too. Really critically acclaimed. There's some real, some people that really had a problem with it, though. So, and I, and I, and I feel kind of uh, like I should get my horror card taken away again because I haven't seen Hereditary yet. But. No, I don't think so. It's just one of those things that's maybe not top of mind, but I think when you watch right. it, you'll actually find it just, well... My opinion. Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off. Well, on we, my should, we, I mean, we talked. We talked about hereditary. You talked about hereditary a while. I, I enjoyed it when very, our format was a little different. Yeah, and uh, maybe we should go back and do it again. I don't know. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's been a yeah, while, but yeah. I, I would. I'll say this: is that Ari Aster has this formula, at least with these two films, mm-hmm. that delves deep without pulling any punches about um, loss and yeah. tragedy. Yeah, and he doesn't pull anything back no. on these no and i think that you know i think we can go into the, that's a good segue in the movie in the beginning of the movie we hear uh you know danny ardor is the main character played by uh, i'm sorry florence's Pugh. florence Pugh. Pugh is her name yeah. yeah uh great actress she really did a fantastic job in this movie uh she's talking to her brother uh about her parents and her sister she expresses some concern about her parents uh and uh i'm sorry talking to her brother she's talking to christian her boyfriend right yeah. Uh, about uh, about her parents and her sister expressed some concern about uh, about them. And he kind of blames her for letting her sister behave poorly. You know, he says, you know, she's she's looking for that attention from you and you give it to her. You know, this guy is the boyfriend is not very sympathetic uh, to uh, her plight. I don't think. No, not at all. Uh, the, you, you learn through these com- this conversation that that her sister, Terry, is actually bipolar. bipolar right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's trying to 
maybe do tough love, but but also show yeah. that she's there for her. Yeah. So she so calls she the parents' house. Right. And, and she doesn't get message. an answer. Doesn't get an answer. Yeah, doesn't right. get an answer. Uh-huh. Uh, soon we discover that her sister has rigged up hoses to the exhaust of running cars in the garage and has killed herself. She's wearing like a mask that's directly connected to one of the hoses. Yeah, because the, the hoses are leaking into the parents' yep. room and like it's all taped up and stuff yeah. like that. So they, just, they die of carbon monoxide poisoning. She gets the direct one and the look on her right. face was just oh, yeah. horrific. It really was. Scene is really dark. I mean, it it really hammers a depre- uh, just a depressing horrible thing that happens and i re- i really felt that you know i it, I it was it, it was dark and it, it it just captured the horror of that kind of tragedy i thought it did a amazing job at really giving you the feeling of how that would you know just just putting you into that sort of tragedy and well, just you, how terrible it is yeah and you you could sympathize or empathize with danny right from the beginning it's it's one mm-hmm. of those things um this movie starts out. Um, the music is so good. Yeah, really. I mean, it's yeah. just I mean, eerie. everything he does in this scene to create this mood is is amazing. I, I was very impressed by it. Yeah, uh, and it opens up in Minnesota. It's like a snowy night. Yeah. You see forests. You see this kind of eerie, or hear this eerie singing with this eerie music behind it. And um, actually, Danny gets an email from Terry. Yeah, that's right. saying it's, real know, it's over, it's done, yep. or and mom and dad are coming with me. Mom and dad are coming with me exactly. Uh-huh. Um, so she's kind of freaking out. Which yeah. right from the beginning, you're sitting there going, "Yeah, I would be freaking out yeah, too." Right. She's in New York. They're in Minnesota or somewhere right. in the Midwest, and she can't do anything about it. And Christian, the boyfriend, is uh, you know telling her that this is just a uh, plea for attention. She, which she always gives to her sister. You know, he, he kind of yeah. He he really kind of uh, kind of is just not very nice about the situation, you know? Right. And it, 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 it when, when you, when the actual, the, cause they actually show like the cars running in the garage mm-hmm. and then there's a shot of going up through the hoses to see where the hoses go. Right. And, and at, you know, at first I was, I was like, what, what, what is this about? And, and, you know, then you realize what's going on and there's just this feeling of dread and terror. Going I felt on. the same. Exactly and I think way. that, you know, the face, you're right. The face that the sister has is, uh, Especially, it's part of what contributes to that whole just dread over this scene. It was very deliberate of of the the shots, the way it kind yeah. of just you know seamlessly go to, uh, goes up the stairs, and then it goes into the parents' yeah. room, yeah. and then it goes into Terry's room, and she's like up against the desk, just yeah, messed up. Yeah, so. and it's one of the only scenes in the movie that's in the dark. Yes, it's that, exactly it's that right. Nighttime, exactly right. like it, well, nighttime where it's dark. Um, so. We fast forward to the next summer, which is a real relief. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think it was, it's actually and it's day it's daytime uh, when we when we go forward. Uh, scene with you know you, you, we end that first scene with her like grieving, and uh, it's a- almost hard to watch, you know, because it's just so dark and 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 dreadful. Right, and and so we go into this next scene. It's it's the next summer. Her uh, boyfriend, Christian, is, is talking to his group of friends. Uh, Mark, uh, played by Will Poulter, the, the uh, guy that uh, from We're the Millers is the last thing yeah, I saw Yeah, he's an him. interesting character. He, do you know that he's English? I didn't know that. He's from England. Yeah, I watched an interview with him sometime. He's it's, it's born in London. Uh, I don't remember what he was actually studying, what his character was studying in this. Uh, Mark is what he's supposed to be. I don't think he's an anthropology major like I, the rest I of them. I think that's kind of what it is. Is it? Okay. Because Mark, All right. well, yeah, I, I think we I missed something. that. Yeah. There, there was an interaction, and it's. I think it's really helps out the plot, yeah. is that the conversations that are being had between Christian and Danny um, before the parents die is uh you know they have this kind of tense conversation she she talks or he talks her off the ledge a little bit and um it goes cutscene to her calling her friend i think i think christian wants to break up with me oh he does want to break up yeah with her. absolutely yeah. and then and then christian says yeah i want to break up with her i just don't know how to do it yes and then uh-huh. she, he gets an oh she's calling me again yeah screaming because yeah. she found out what that's happened. right that's so, how the, the scene ended that's right yeah, yeah it was uh <laughs> it was definitely dark so he's still with her after yes. this summer, you know, obviously it's, is, and I've been in a situation like this where I'm with this person and they've had some personal 
problems or whatever, and you really don't want to be with them. But, you don't you know, want to be that but guy. But you don't want to be that guy either. And it's almost like worse to just continue to be that guy than to like rip the band-aid off of but but I've been in this situation, so I, I kind of empathize with Christian at this point. You know, sure. it's like I, I mean he's kind of a jerk, but he, he's actually uh, at this point, a decent boyfriend. I mean, he's not the worst in the world. Well, he's pretty bad boyfriend because he's like he's talking to his friends here and and he's saying, you know, I don't, I want to be done with her. I want to, I want to get rid of her. I, like you said, he's just he's just biding his time until he's get, got the opportunity to get rid of her. Understood, but and that's that's a conversation between friends, and yeah. I'm sure you had those conversations oh, with, with conversations. your friends. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you're you're not sitting there going like, well, you know, I'm just going to leave her at her most vulnerable. Yeah, no, right, exactly. So, so, so maybe maybe. Just there's some sort of, yeah. I guess it's debatable as to whether that's really an well, altruistic then, thing or if it's like actually more cruel. Right. But, and uh, later in the film, <laughs> it's a different he, does, he does become the worst person on the planet. Oh, yeah, but, he does. I, well, I think I think we see what a bad person he uh, he is. Uh, and we'll talk about that later in the film. Anyway, the, so you have Josh, who's an, also an anthropology major uh, and uh, their friend Pella is a, a Swedish guy. Yeah, he's the guy from this community yeah. that they go visit. So, so he's he's uh, going to invite, he invites them back to Sweden for the summer to visit his commune. And he says he lives on a commune. Mm-hmm. And the debate is whether, you know, uh, it, like uh, Christian says that he's going to invite Danny, but he expects her not to come. Right. You know, and I think he's going to use this trip. Uh, he he feels like he can maybe use the trip as a, as a way to get some distance and break up with her, you know. Right. So he's going to invite her because he, I don't know, in a Again, I understand is why he would do this because I've been in this situation. You know, it's like it's like, well, yeah, I'll invite her, but she won't come. And don't, but then she does come. Yeah, so, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like a scene out of some relationship drama, and and, and this movie is very much about this relationship. It's really a breakup very, movie, very yeah. very much centered around it. Uh, <laughs> interesting thing, Pella actually talks to Danny because um, um, what Mark is like. I need to talk to you right now. Like, and uh, yeah. this is off camera, so you don't know, really know what they're talking about. Right. But assuming that, why did you do that, man? What What is going on here? Uh, you see, actually, Josh. He goes to the table to drink coffee, and he's looking at his laptop or whatever. Right. Uh, but Pella actually sits down with Danny and says, "You know, I'm really glad you're coming. I'm really, I really want you to go out there. So yeah. you got something." You know, something's up here. Something's <laughs> right. going on. So yes, uh, Danny does come. They they uh, go to um, Pella's commune. There's a scene where they're flying, and I think she has some sort of dream about her family, or kind of flash flashes yeah. back to him. But well, uh, and they get there, they get in the yeah. car, and yeah. the once the camera scene that really messed me up is when they went upside down. Yeah, actually, that gave that, me some vertigo. That is disconcerting. Yeah, and it, it just uh, it was. You're right. It, like it was another thing that just kind of added to the ominous feeling that he puts in this movie. He was so deliberate with his camera shots, his colors, his everything, and it was so good. Yeah, so they they arrive at the commune. They meet an English couple named Simon and Connie. Yes. They take some psilocybin mushrooms, and they sit in a field and trip out. Uh, Danny has a very bad trip where she, uh, you know, sees people laughing at her and her family. She sees her sister. And yes, she sees her sister like breathing on all this uh, smoke, basically. Yeah. Or I think she breathes out some black smoke. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of, again, establishes a real unease. There's this beautiful setting. Right. You know, but there's this there's this unease about it, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and it's like, is it the drugs or what's going on here? There's just something ominous about this whole thing. Uh like Mark is scared of ticks and stuff. And, and uh, there's just an uncertainty about what's actually real and what they should be scared of and what's, what's like just in their mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that was interesting too. Well, and Danny was really hesitant at first, but then she, like everybody looked at her is like, what the heck man, right. be, don't be a party pooper. And so she, you know, she eventually gives in, mm-hmm. and, you know, has this bad trip right. and then wakes up in the middle of a forest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they get established in the yeah. She wakes up in the middle of the forest, and there's some of the cult members actually. Yeah, because they're making their way to yeah. the commune yep. or the community. They wake her up. How long have I been out? Would they say like six hours? Or yeah, something like that? yeah. Like Why six is hours. it still daylight? Right. Oh, well, there you go. Midsummer. <laughs> exactly. So they get established in the commune to find the places they were staying. They see all these murals and paintings depicting rituals and traditions of the cult. We'll, we'll, t- we'll um, talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, I think Mar- we should talk about that at the end of the movie. Okay, so Mark dismisses some of these with like a dick joke because they've got a lot of like penises in the pictures <laughs> and stuff, you know. Um, should, you want to? Uh, so, so one in particular appears to be this tradition. I should talk about that later. You think 
There's this one mural in particular that depicts like a love potion. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, I think we could refer back to it because you know okay. what? Okay, let's just say this: that all these murals give you the plot line of the movie or what's going right. to happen. It's foreshadowing right. of everything that's going to happen in them, or exactly mm-hmm. what's going to happen in oh, the yeah. movie. Uh huh. Yeah. True. So everything, I and you, you got to pay close attention. I want to watch this again just to sure. see those things again. Yeah. Um. So every mural that Andy's talking about, or this crocheted thing or painting. Mm-hmm has everything to do with the movie it is important to look at these things right yeah well should i tell say what's on the uh what's on the, so, so on the there appears to be some kind of love spell and it's like in four different it's like almost like a cartoon where it's panels right and it involves like uh, menstrual blood and pubic hair yes and uh it it, it appears you're supposed to get uh, the object of your love spell to consume these things right now 30 minutes 30 minutes got cut out of this movie to avoid an NC-17 rating. Yeah, I read that. So I think that some of these murals stood in for some of the things that maybe got cut out. That's kind of my thought on this because... Uh, some of them that I recall, but they actually showed the scene of where the girl was making the love spell. Okay, they did show that, huh? I, yeah. I mean, I saw... Okay, maybe I... They, they showed part of that. They showed, they, part, they didn't show it in it. I'm sure it's probably more elaborate in yeah. the uncut part. Okay, because I didn't... I'm trying to think of that. I guess they showed part of that whole process, I guess. But yeah, yeah they just show her making it. You're yeah. right. So then that's kind of what I thought. I'm like, eh, I bet you they cut some of that out. But, <laughs> uh, anyway, so they go to this, go to this dinner, and um, they're the they they everything seems fine. Then they're at the, they're at this dinner, right? And uh, they get invited to. Uh, um, oh no, no, they aren't at the dinner yet. They they get invited to an atastupa. It's called. Mm-hmm. And Josh asks if it Josh, who's, you know, doing he's he's there to do his um, his thesis on on this on this pagan cult. Yeah. On this pagan cult. Josh asks if it's real. Like he he knows what this is and doesn't really inform anybody else what what they're what it is because he has an understanding of what it is. Yeah, he he does, you know, Uh, which I found like, well, we'll get it. We'll get to that. But. So they're, then, then they're at that this huge feast. Well, there okay. there was something that was said. Um, there was a discussion. Uh, Pele was uh, talking about something about age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what they said. The young end, like uh, nine or something like that, where you start working. Yes, he explained. And then, right. And then at seventy two, your your work is done. What happened? And somebody asked him. What happens at seventy two? He goes, yeah, like, makes the cut cut against the throat thing. Right. So that that's right. That, that's another foreshadowing thing. Right. That's right. So so they go to this huge feast. Seems like a celebration or something like that. Oh, and then then there's this woman from the cult named Maya there, who's like a redhead. She seems to be flirting with Christian. So that's right. just one part of what goes on there. But uh, two guests at the dinner, they seem like the guests of honor. Yes, are are kind of carried away from the feast on like these. Uh, I, I forget what you call them. But they're like the uh, chairs that people carry you on poles. Yeah, you know, like if like you're a, a queen. Kinda, or, yeah, kind of like a whatever they call. Yeah, them. whatever. I don't know. What they they have a name. I can't remember what it is. But like four people carry you on these poles. They they get carried away from the feast on these things, and. Uh, the whole group goes and attends this this ceremony. So they're standing at the bottom of this cliff. The uh, the the old man. It's a, like an older man and woman get taken to the top of the cliff, and you see the woman step out onto the cliff, and they're uh, you know doing some chanting and stuff below. Yeah. The the guests, the, the the English people, Simon and Connie, and then the rest of the group, Mark and the main Jeff, characters. The main characters are standing there, just kind of observing this. And this woman jumps off the cliff. Yeah. Well, they kind of they kind of had a sense of what was going on. Yeah. You know, beforehand, because they're like, oh my gosh, what? Oh boy, right. this is not happening. Yeah, you're you're right. They were they were like, because she says uh, like maybe it's Connie who says, do not don't jump. You know, you don't don't have to do that or whatever. Yeah. Or something they like that. that. Yeah. Did they say that to they, them the, or did, yeah, did the they British say that couple, to the- No, I think the British couple says something because, jo- um, uh, Mark's not there. Mark goes okay. off exploring, looking for drugs or something like that. Okay. But it's Danny, it's Christian, um, it's Josh, and then the two, the, the British couple. Yeah, the British couple definitely are there. They, they witness it. Yeah. So she jumps off onto this rock and uh, 
it basically crushes her face. She's yeah. dead instantly. Cuts half of her head off because she does. smashes into it. Right, right. So then the old guy's turn. Then the old guy stands, <laughs> gets up to her. <laughs> Ooh, this is brutal. Yeah, and it is. It's one of the most brutal scenes in the movie. He, so he jumps off, but doesn't die. He, no. he hits the ground. No, he hits the corner of it, slices part of his head, right. but he's still alive and he's and in he's agony. he's moaning on the ground. And the whole group starts moaning with him like they're right. being empathetic, like, ah. Right, right, right. And or it then, almost seems it almost seems like they're mocking him in a way, but they are. They're being empathetic. Yeah. So then they bring these uh, people bring this large mallet. Yes. <laughs> and crush his face with it. I mean, it's they, they, okay. So so they bring this mallet. It's very yeah. uh, medieval looking mallet. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe four of them. Mm-hmm. They don't just hit him once to kill him. Oh no. No, those four people hit him multiple times to make sure. He yeah. is done. So basically, we find out when you're 72, you're done. That's that's you exactly have nothing it. more to contribute to this community. Yep. <laughs> I mean, this is some real gore. I haven't seen a, such a disturbing facial injuries, injury since Saving Private Ryan. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, was... And again, Ari Aster pulls no punches on this. Oh no. He shows you everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I Josh knew what was going to happen here. You know. I mean, he he's like, is this real? And and you know, Pele or Pele however you say his name, he's like, yeah, this is this is really going to happen. You know, uh, so um, I want to get the reactions, though, from yeah. this. Um, the British couple acts like anybody else would act. Oh, like, yeah. What the hell right. is going on here? What? Why? Right. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think Christian had, you know, this just shocked. And he's like, I don't know what to think. Right. I thought Josh had the same thing. He I don't knew know. That Josh, com- no, Josh, I felt was so entranced in his archaeology that he's sitting there observing this. And when it happens, he's like, like I think he he there, he was like, whoa, this actually happened. Yeah. But but I think, you know, he knew it was coming. And, right. I, and I well, feel like well, maybe I it was just a shock for him. The, the yeah. one reaction that I noticed was Danny's. OK. Because Danny went into a trance, had yeah. no reaction. That's true. To me, it was a foreshadowing of what's to come. Sure, sure. You know, very deliberate of what's going to happen. She went into this trance like no, you're no right. feeling. No, you're right. And then later, she <laughs> broke down. She went by right. herself in the middle yeah. of a field and started crying. No, you're right. I don't yeah, think it was shock. I think there was something going on with Danny because okay. of her own tragedy. Sure. So... Maybe I mean, what what do you? That's that's really interesting. What do you think? Like witnessing her, you know, having the death of her parents stuff just kind of made her uh, realize that. Or what do you think there? That's a that's an interesting point of view. I I think what she what was happening is that she was starting uh, uh, to feel like maybe she she knew or or felt something as people were empathizing. Um, She was grasping onto anything to feel whole again sure and maybe that was the beginning of her kind of making her turn which we will get to that's a really interesting point of view i didn't i didn't really think of that but you're right that's exactly how she reacted to it and that's that is probably what happened there so it was like a trance of like she didn't hear anything everything was like quiet for her right almost 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 peaceful yeah you know it was you're right you're right so that that's uh that's an interesting thought there i didn't really think about that um so after this, Connie and Simon decide they're going to leave because yeah. they, 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 you know, it, it establishes this is this is not like a nice place. Like it's very beautiful, you know, and and we up to this point, it's been it seemed kind of idyllic, and any any of the uh, foreboding scariness of this place is is pro- it might be due to the drugs that they've taken or whatever. But at this point. There's some real, uh, like, this darkness. isn't, this isn't, there's some darkness here. This isn't, like, uh, just a, a camping trip anymore. No, no. <laughs> not know? a visit to Europe. So, no, it's not. It's not, like, uh, just backpacking Europe. I've done that. I didn't see anyone get hit in the face of the mouth. <laughs> uh, so, Connie and, Connie and Simon decide to leave. Connie gathers her things, and she's told that Simon went to the train station without her. That he yeah, went ahead. The truck. Yeah. Mm. Connie is very angry with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she decides to leave on her own. So there's this whole thing where, where she's quite upset about this whole, you know, situation. Simon's obviously gone. He's not around anymore. And they say he's gone to the train station without her. So, uh, she, she then is offered a ride, I believe to this train station and the truck comes back or, or, uh, I'm trying I don't to remember out. what happens, but I do remember there was a scream. Yeah, exactly. So 
she, I, I think they bring the truck back and they say, okay, you can get on the truck. We'll take you to the train station then if you want to leave. And, and go then, beat up with Simon. And then they, they drive her off, if I remember right. And then the rest of the group hears a woman scream and you're not sure what happened there. But And you figure it out later like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah we do figure it out later. So uh, after that, uh, we they, they go back to the... Uh, the like room or con- the, the kind of uh, communal bunks that they stay in because yeah, it's like it's all kind dormitory, of a, it's kind of a big kind of warehouse type thing yeah. with a bunch of beds. Dormitory, like kind of where they where they yeah, where they're sleeping. Exactly. Where it's kind of their room or whatever. And Christian tells Josh that he's come to uh, that he uh, Josh has come to do his thesis on this thing. Christian tells him he's going to do his thesis on this as well. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't ask him; he just tells him, and he um, makes some excuses to how it's going to be different. I think this just shows like Christian selfishness, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it establishes him as kind of a jerk. Yeah. Well, this, this is the turning point. This is the character arc for Christian. Again, yeah. talking about him as just a boyfriend that was unhappy in a relationship, but didn't want to be a jerk face about leaving somebody in tragedy. Right. But this is where he makes his turn. This is his arc right here. Yeah. I, I really, this really establishes him as a, a real, like just not a nice person. And this is his, one of his best friends. And he's going to, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of underhanded the, what he's doing to Josh. Right, here, exactly. You know? Because Josh invited Christian to this. Right. He's like, Hey man, come on out with me. I, I want to share it with my best friends exactly. and have a good time. So, and, and his like his reason why it's different is, is really not very good. And it's, it's going to be kind of the same thing. And it's, it, it is really just kind of underhanded what he does here to, to Josh. So, well, they end up working together, right? So so they end up talking to the elder, saying, okay, we won't give anybody's names, but we yeah. want to do a thesis about this. So we, we just want to ask questions, do like these off-the-record interviews. And and that has to be, well, Josh up to this point, Josh hasn't told them anything about that, and he right. was just going to kind of uh, um, do this under the radar. But now that Christian is going to, you know, has declared this, mm-hmm. uh, he, now, now it has to be out in the open. So Josh tries to get more information on the group's practices. Uh, and that's when he's taken to this like temple and shown this like holy book of theirs. Yeah. Um, he's told that the elders interpret the art of this Oracle who is conceived through incest. Yeah. And, and we see, we've seen this guy before he's like doing some kind of finger painting. Yeah. So he's basically is, writing a new chapter in their, in their Bible, in their holy book or Bible. Yeah. 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 So, Elder shows Josh this book and he sees the paintings of this of this uh, in this kind of messed up incest conceived uh, oracle that they have. And Josh asks if he can photograph it. The elder is almost offended and says under no under no circumstances can he do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and and he shuts the book and he kind of like like pulls it close to him and he's like, you absolutely cannot. Well, and you see (laughs) this whole wall of these books. Yeah. Yeah. Of just there. There are so many things that that are being written. You're like, Mm -hmm. whoa. Yeah. So um, then uh, so there there's going to be a dinner Mm -hmm. and uh, Mark urinates on this sacred tree because he's. Yeah, dumb. The, yeah, because doesn't... oh, yeah, the old couple got um, um, they turned to ashes. They were yeah, um, cremated. Cremated. Yeah. There you mm-hmm. go. And then they dumped the the uh, ashes of their ancestors onto this tree. So it's very right. sacred to them. Yeah, it's sacred to them. Mark decides he needs to pee, and he urinates right on the on this tree, which ups, very much upsets uh, uh, the, uh, one man in particular in the in the in the in the cult. Yeah. Uh, he apologizes not so genuinely to this guy. I think he, hey, man, he just said, I didn't know, you know. <laughs> and then they have this dinner, and Mark is really stared down by this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Maya flirts with Chris, Christian some more during this dinner. And during this dinner, Christian finds a pubic hair in his meat Takes pie. a bite of it. <laughs> yeah, and did you notice his drink was a little more orange than uh, everybody yeah, else's? Yeah, actually, yeah. Did, uh, and he's now that you it? mention it, that's right. So we, we I'm not going to get back into it because that's exactly what happened. Yeah. When you said in those tapestries right. that that's what it was. That's what it was talking about. And then it's a hell of a shot when he when he pulls that uh, oh. hair out. Like they, I don't know how they got. It's got to be CGI or something because it's like the perfect way the light is coming through. It's well, you, so perfect. you know you it's that girl it because is. it was. You can see what it is. It was strawberry yeah, it was, blonde. It was. And it was. You can see this on the shot. It's an amazing shot. I was. I was very impressed by the shot they got. So Christian got the love potion, basically, <laughs> right. just to make right. him fall in love with what's her name. So, what? 
passes for night at this time of year. It gets the sun kind of sets and it gets gets a little uh, darker. Uh, Maybe an hour or something like yeah, that, where it's like yeah. it's still kind of blue. it's it's kind of like dusk type uh, light at that time. Josh decides to sneak into this holy temple and photograph the book. He's going to do no no. Yep. So he's doing this, and a man wearing uh, some skin mm-hmm. comes in and uh, kills him with a mallet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same yeah. mallet. And I think I think it's pretty apparent that it's Mark's skin. This guy is wearing. Yeah. So he's got he's got like a leather face of somebody's yeah. face. So it's Mark's face. Yeah, it's that, Mark's that, face. That he's yeah. skinned off. Of yeah. That. I don't think it's any secret that it's Mark's face. Mark's dead. Mark's dead at this point. So um, the next day, uh, Danny takes some more drugs. Mm-hmm. And, and ends up participating in what I think she, she thinks is like a game or a dancing competition. She doesn't really get an idea of what she's, she's kind of like there and put into this uh, competition. Right. Right. So it's like a dancing competition around like a maypole. And, uh, you, you know, you, I, I, at, one, at one point somebody just say, says, as long as you're standing, you're, can, you're, you're still in the You're trying to be the right? May Queen. So yes. basically what it is. Well, they is. don't know that. I don't think she knows that oh, well, until okay. she wins. Okay. May Queen. It's a competition. <laughs> do, so basically do they tell her that? Who, who, huh? Do they tell her that it's no, the I May Queen? No, I think they tell, told her after she won. I think because yeah. what, what it is, is it's dance until you drop type competition. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. and they're all women. So, they, right. you know, they, they revere women as like the, the leaders right right yeah it's it's um so basically they're dancing they're dancing they're dancing right and then all these women are starting to fall out danny's right the last one and there's like well there's three left and then two of them like Bumping run into each other. each other and danny's the last one uh left standing she's crowned the may queen which is a highly esteemed title in the cult and has a lot of clout right mm-hmm. meanwhile christian is drugged mm-hmm. and then uh given this drink like yes a, aphrodisiac right taken to the temple where there's about a dozen nude older women and uh maya is lying uh naked on an altar-like bed <sighs> and uh, this is this is uh, all right so this is the problem i have with the movie okay? okay this this is the big sex scene right here yeah i know it's very pertinent to the theme of the or, or the plot of the movie okay i get that it's it's ritualistic and right um, if they would have cut this out, I or not cut it out, or at least do flashes of it, or something like that, I couldn't watch it, Andy. I, okay, it was just like I, I, I would look through my hands. <laughs> you know, the violence doesn't bother me. This bothered me. Okay, I didn't. But I understood it was a part of the plot and and what they were getting at. I think I think this movie would have lost some impact if you edited this in any way, and I feel like. I feel like it really contributed to like the yeah I, it was supposed to make you uncomfortable. No, I get that. You know, and, and I I understand that, <laughs> and I know it was an integral part of the plot, and it, it, this is what it was supposed to be. But it went on so long. It it, it was a, it was an extended scene, you, and and there's nudity in this scene that isn't typical. You know, there are bodies that we like we're used to seeing models naked or whatever. You know, uh, you, you see that all the time. These are not typical. The, the typical kind of nudity you see in a movie. And I think it's very unsettling. You know? so, sure. No, no, no. The, the whole scene is unsettling. Yeah. I mean, and and I think it's supposed to be. About it. I think it's supposed to be. And I, I didn't have a problem with what he did here, I guess. I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really interesting. And I, and I, and I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much of these rituals is really based in reality or if he like researched this or, uh, you know, but, uh, uh, I thought it was, I'm sure I thought you, it was an important scene. I think you know, just like, um, just like that uh, in Eyes Wide Shut. You know, there's the. It, it reminded me a lot of Eyes Wide Shut. There's this, uh, you know, that orgy scene at the end. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's really kind of scary. Like it, 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 it's not a sensual view of sex. It's kind of a scary thing about in which sex can be very scary. Well, I'm know? sure anywhere you read, you'll hear about these satanic cults or whatever yeah. that that do these type of things. Um, again. I don't disagree with you that mm-hmm. it, this this was a, it, it was to make you feel uncomfortable. I get yeah. that. Yeah. But there was a scene where one of the women go up behind Christian and push his <laughs> rear end. Right. Like, hurry yes. up, man. Right. And I, and I, I, I just, don't know. I was that, like, what the hell is that? That, that apparently helped him finish these. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess. I guess. There was a lot of nudity. It's right. full frontal for male and women. Well, and OK, so I thought that was actually I, I, I thought that was actually 
and an important part of the movie too. The uh, actor who played Christian, um, yeah. So after this whole thing, this woman pushes on him, and he apparently like inseminates Maya. Sure. And and you know this this harkens back to what they're saying, where where you know they're they're talking about this incestual. Uh, conce- incestually conceived oracle or whatever, and, and uh, I think it is Christian who asks this guy, "Well, what do you do so that you know you don't have these incest, uh, you know, inbreeding problems, you know, with your genetic line?" And, he, and the guy says, "We bring in outsiders." Yeah, so he was chosen as the outsider yeah. to help, you know, I guess cleanse the the bloodline. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, he's done his job. And uh, Danny, who is now fully crowned as the May Queen, has this amazing like flower dress on. Yeah, it's it's like this huge flowery dress. Uh, goes looking for Christian, mm-hmm. I think, to tell him that tell him that she's been crowned the May Queen or something. I don't know. She sees him having sex with Maya, right? And yeah, has a huge panic attack and and goes and gets some of the other cult women. Help her through it by wailing, just like the right because she hits the yeah. floor on her knees and yes. she's just so upset. You know, more yep. tragedy in her life. But these women are doing the same thing. Yes, exactly. So they're they're empathizing. They're they're, you know, feeling the pain that she's yeah. Feeling. And I think it it, you know, as opposed to the way Christian tried to help her or whatever with uh, with her, you know, with the tragedy in her life prior to that. Mm-hmm. I think she senses some sort of community here, and she's like actually does feel better and this is where her character arc is yeah it really it started kind of when she got there absolutely so uh uh christian comes out comes out of the temple he's completely naked and disoriented right Mm -hmm. and the actor who uh jack rayner he does a great great job with his character i think you know uh he said that he wanted to feel like the same vulnerability and fear because he was supposed to come out in a robe okay mm-hmm. and he wanted to feel the same vulnerability and fear that like uh the women who were appeared naked in like last house on the left and stuff right uh, like there's this like terror to uh and vulnerability to being naked you know and that's what he wanted he wanted to make sure that he he didn't want to wear this robe, which I thought was a really brave decision because full frontal nudity isn't really acceptable in a movie, you know, nope. for males, oh, yeah. for males, you know, it, and and I thought that was a that was a really brave move on his part. I, I think you know, and it does it makes you uncomfortable. You didn't like it. You no, know? you're absolutely right. I get it. But the <laughs> thing, I, I understand it was necessary. Yeah, I, and, I, but I, I don't think it was necessary. I think it just added to what made the movie unsettling. You oh, know, sure. and and so he's running around. Completely naked, like, and, and full frontal, and uh, he stumbles on um, Josh's buried, Josh's leg is, like, buried upside down in, like, a garden, basically. Which was kind of silly. And, <laughs> and there's, like, a rune on it. Yeah. And, and then he finds uh, Simon has been, he gets into, like, a... Uh, chicken coop or something yep simon has been killed by uh, he's got his back ribs cut out from his spine and his lungs have been ripped out this is apparently a real thing it's called the blood eagle the blood eagle i've heard it called angel wings too uh and then christian is paralyzed by a powder that's blown into his face by it by an elder yep okay it it, it gra- it's a real graphic scene i mean both with the nudity and the violence in this scene oh and it underscores that the situation is really aft. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 this movie's messed up. <laughs> it's at this point you're like, whoa, you know, what what's good? So the cult gathers together and explains that like nine human lives must be sacrificed. So Josh, Mark, Connie, and Simon have already been sacrificed. Been sacrificed. The two elders who jumped. Then there's two volunteers that that come. Two two of the people from the community volunteer themselves. Volunteer themselves to to be sacrificed for the midsummer. And the importance of the May Queen. Yes, is to choose the final one. Torbjorn is a villager who I guess they just kind of randomly picked. Yeah. Or she has to. Or or Christian is her other choice. Yeah. So basically, uh, Christian is paralyzed. He can't move, but he can yep. feel everything. He can't move. He can't speak. <laughs> right. He can't do anything. So, and he gets put. In into a bear. Well, 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 just oh, so, so there's like a there's like a time there's like a period. I don't know if it's like a minute or two in this movie where you're like, well, who did she choose? You know, and, and I remember and like I was watching this with Sarah and she's like, she better not have like allowed Christian to go <laughs> because I mean, we're, I, at this point, he's really established as a not a very nice boyfriend. I, I'll tell you when you knew about that, because he there was this discussion with one of the elder females mm-hmm. talking about Maya. 
Yeah. You know, she's chosen you. But while he's waiting, he sees one of these tapestries. You're right. Of of a girl in white Mm -hmm. and a bear being burned. Yes, that's right. You're right. There's a conversation that happens before he goes to the sex sex ritual. Well, he he doesn't. Well, he doesn't even really know that he's doing it until he gets the until Until he gets drugged. Yes. But but Mm -hmm. he's like he gets told that Maya has chosen you. Yeah, that's right. As the outsider. That's right. Mm -hmm. But he sees one of these tapestries that see that somebody. That's right. I I forgot about that part. You're right. And and, uh, so but there is this like like minute or two where you're not quite sure who Danny's chosen. You know, it could be could be Torbjorn. Maybe she's got, you know, has her her love for Christian. Well, no, she she chooses Christian to be the sacrifice. So in the next scene, there's like some weird effigies or something that they've made with the facial skin because they're like puppets almost yeah, yeah. that they set down in this uh there's throughout the movie there's been this like yellow kind of temple nobody's allowed in yeah and it's like a pyramid kind of shape and uh so there's a bunch of hay bales in there and uh these they bring in these uh like effigies or puppets of mark josh connie and simon that have their like facial skin and you could tell it's them oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and like Mark has a jester hat on, so clearly they think he's a fool, you know. Uh, two volunteers sit down, and an elder comes in, and uh, then we see Christian, and he's been there's this also this bear that's been around, yeah. And they're like, well, what's the bear for, you know? Well, they they gut the bear, yeah, and they sew Christian into this bear suit, so it's like just his face is sticking out, and the bear head is on top of his his head, so he's sitting there, he's still paralyzed by this drug, right. And there's some volunteers that come down and uh, give the, the the two volunteers that have, have volunteered to be part of the sacrifice mm-hmm. are given some sort of drug, I guess, to try to kill you know, the pain, kill the pain or whatever. Well, they don't offer that to Christian at all. No, <laughs> they just walk right by him. They don't say anything to him. The temple is lit on fire. And Danny starts screaming. I'm not sure if that was because she was like. What the drug must have not worked because one of the guys, one of the volunteers, yeah. actually started screaming. He did. He so did, all yeah. of them started screaming. So did yes. Danny. Yes. So oh, that's she, true. So it was like an empathetic part yeah. to her. Yes, you're right. That's that's why she. I did not think she was screaming because she was abhorred by the horror of of Christian burning. I, yeah. I didn't think that at all. I don't think so either. That's think, why. That's exactly that, why. Her, so, that's where her arc was complete. You're right. You're because right. Because she she turned from screams to a big smile on her face. Yes, you're absolutely right. So she was uh, screaming in uh, you know in empathy to the two volunteers that were screaming inside of this thing. Yeah. When their screams stopped her smile started yep and you see like christian's face is just like massive flame coming out of this bear suit (laughs) and that's the end of the movie (sighs) i think we covered it all i think so too so i'll say this again is that you're gonna watch this movie or i don't know if you watch this movie and you look at the tapestries it tells the entire story even at the beginning you know, you see these things and it's explaining things that are going on. And it's just it's not foreshadowing. This is exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the foreshadowing came from the character arc of, you know, fr- from that first sacrifice of, of these two elders that were where Danny was just had no reaction. Right. Almost peace, peaceful, zenful. Yeah, you're right. But it was like it was like one of those one of these movies where you're just like. What in the world is going on here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was. I mean, it was, this was a really effective horror movie for. I, I found it really unsettling. I don't. I don't really find anything scary anymore. Right. You know. Uh, it it really evoked horror for me though. It, it was. It was something I thought about for a long time afterwards. I thought I, about this movie I, for. I think a that's week and a half. Yeah, I think it's a really. That's a really an indicator of a really good movie. Absolutely. So. Okay. So I. <laughs> All right, let's scores. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to give it a four and a half. Really? Yeah, I think I think uh, that's probably the highest rating I've ever given a movie. And, and I know it's got its detractors, but for me, it was a four and a half. It really made me think. It really evoked very terrifying, uh, just, it, it did what I want a horror movie to do for me. Sure. I We've talked about this before. Um and maybe in a couple of podcasts, but if, if there's a movie that gets you thinking about it all the time mm-hmm. and it just leaves that impression on your yeah. brain, mm-hmm. I'm not, 
I mean, the movie was disturbing, but made me yeah. think and mm-hmm. made me want to have this conversation. We've been doing it. This is going to be the longest podcast we've ever done. Okay, yeah. I mean, we're looking there's at 50 minutes right now. There yeah, is. There really is. So yeah. if, if it went too long for you, <laughs> kiss my rear end. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we appreciate you listening. Yeah. Uh, the acting was perfect in this. Oh, it was great. Every single character was necessary. Yeah. Yes, that sex scene happened. <laughs> did it bother me? Yes, it did. Yeah, there, and it, I think that it, was good. I it, think it should. Um, you know, the 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 kills, the the violence, the the imagery, the disturbing music behind it. Andy, this is a perfect movie. I'm giving it a five. Wow, that's uh, the only reason I won't give it a five is because it didn't like I was able to sleep that night. I mean, I thought about it, but it it wasn't so. It it, it didn't keep me up at night, which. Like a five, and I think we've talked about, you know, some of the movies I'd give a five. They do that to me. Right. Uh, and that was the only thing. It didn't make me so terrified that I had to, like, sleep with the lights on. But it, it evoked so many other emotions in me, and it made me think a long time afterwards about it, which is really the hallmark of a good movie, in my I, opinion. I agree. I agree 100%. And yeah. I, that's a fair score. I mean, yeah. it totally is. I mean, to me, and I, t- I said on our last podcast, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. So uh, It really is. I mean, it's when we talk about the end of the year... Yep. I mean, we're looking at us. We're looking at. Oh yeah. Uh, I I suggest you watch Hereditary. I, I'm gonna have to watch Hereditary. Um, absolutely. So, I don't know, man. This is. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend this to everybody. No, I absolutely. There's uh, there is uh, uh, people that are not gonna enjoy this movie, and I I get that. But um, I would say this: watch it if you have a stronger stomach, but you want a thought invoking movie because Hereditary yeah. was great to me. Yeah. But this, to me, was better than Hereditary. Yeah. So, you know, well done, Ari Aster. No, absolutely one of the best horror movies I, I've ever... It's one of my favorite favorite horror movies now. Yeah. It's, uh, and, it, you know, it's, it is reminiscent of, of Wicker Man, which is also one of my favorites. I mean, it, it's a great. really great movie. It's a really yeah. great movie. Um, the original, by the way. The original, <laughs> yeah. Not the 2006 version. So uh, we go, you know, Midsummer is one of the probably the better movies we've ever watched. Yeah. Now, next week, we're going to watch Killer Workout. <laughs> I don't know how we went from this to, to Killer Workout, but I tried to watch it again. Yeah, and I, and I got to watch it one more time, only because I can only segment <laughs> it. I, I, it's like one of those movies, like with the Rob Zombie movie, which yeah. I didn't bring up. The Rob Zombie Halloween is like I got to yeah. watch it in segments. Um, sure, I get it, I get it, and it's my fault we're watching <laughs> oh, this boy. thing. Uh, uh, I, well, I watched part of it last night. Uh, wow, you were feeling I, the same way, huh? Yeah, it's it's bad. It's it's not even good for what it should. I don't know. We'll talk about it next week. Absolutely. We go from that. We'll uh, finish out the entire last three weeks of uh, November. We'll do nothing but Thanksgiving horror movies, which I think we need more of those in the genre. Uh, we go into December. Santa's sleighs. Awesome. Uh, most of the month, we'll be doing all Christmas horror movies, and then we wrap up the year with the best of 2019, which I think you, which midsummer you can safely you can try you can to, bet on it. Yeah, you could try to guess of which one of, is going to be my number one. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. We will talk to you next week.